Hello, beautiful beings. Welcome to Let's Create the Revolution Together, a podcast about creating new ways to embody ourselves as humans. If you're here, you're probably well aware of all the shifts that are happening on our planet. Maybe you go with the flow with those changes, or maybe you're struggling to find who you truly are. Either way, this space right here is for you. My name is Marigold Era. I'm an Ayurvedic wellness coach, a spiritual life coach, and a podcaster. I am here to guide you through this reality that we can call the Earth School. I strongly believe that we are here to create new ways to show up as individual and as collective, and that every experience that we encounter is an opportunity to grow and evolve. So grab yourself something to drink, make yourself comfortable, and let's jump right into the next episode. Hello, my beautiful beings. Today on Let's Create the Revolution, we're doing something a little different. Um, so we're not going to listen to someone's story, but we're going to dig a little deeper into what's the impact of creativity on the brain. So we're going to have a guest today that's going to talk about that with me. Her name is Velia Hernandez. You may have seen her in another video that we did together, a podcast on uh, how to communicate with your animal. She also has a background with neuroscience and we started to talk about the creativity and how it was like showing up in the world, like actually, and what it uh, what it means. And so that's, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to just do something a little different, dig a little deeper. So I hope you enjoy this this episode. Hey, Velia. Hi, Marigold. Thank you so much <laughs> for inviting me. Yeah, it's such a pleasure. I'm very excited about this episode. It's going to be very fun and a good way to move forward in that revolution. <laughs> I agree. I'm very excited to talk about this. Amazing. So let's begin by defining some terms, right? So that people are just like on the same page because we want to talk about creativity and brain and education and all that stuff. And so let's define stuff so we're on the same page. So let's begin with creativity, what it is. Okay. So creativity is essentially the, the use of imagination to generate or produce um, an authentic, original, and unpredictable idea or and outcome, um, including anything verbal, visual, auditory, and uh, any sensational and or physical expression or communication. So this can be um, innovations that can be tangible, so something we touch, taste, and see. It can be uh, also non-tangible, um, including uh, stimulation of the senses, something we hear, smell, think, or even just imagine. Um, and then it can also be a physical expression, including um, strategic planning in, in sports uh, and in gaming or even riding a horse where you have to creatively manipulate uh, where the horse goes. Um, and so also um, being creative with playing, even just being silly in movement, this is all creativity. And so on a, on a more scientific level, uh, creativity is a very complex cognitive function um, that simul, uh, 
simultaneously utilizes various intelligence uh, of the nervous system, which can include both the left and the right side of the brain and the entire body. Um, and it utilizes all of this intelligence to monitor, analyze, uh, perform critical thinking skills, problem solving, inhibition, attentional control, various forms of memory and coordination. And that's just to name a few, uh, mm. a few of the intelligences that we that we use. And that's amazing. I, yeah. It, yeah. It actually uses all parts of the brain when mm. we are creative. Um, and it just really depends on the task, but you can utilize all parts of the brain. Um, the other thing that creativity is, is it's driven by emotion hmm. and uh, emotional components. This includes passion, desire, playfulness, wondrous, and, and that's just to name a few, uh, hmm. a calmness, uh, you know, a, a neutrality as well. The opposing emotions uh, or emotional component, components that inhibit creativity are emotions such as um, reject, uh, such as fear or uh, mm. lack of trust. Emotional yeah. components would be judgment or rejection mm. um, and impatience. Right. And, and so creativity is so authentic that the outcome and um, or innovation can be completely unpredictable to the human, to other humans, or even an AI. And mm. I do bring up artificial intelligence because the biological nervous system um, that performs algorithms, that's what it does. It predicts uh, outcomes of human behavior, other human behaviors, and what's happening around in the world uh, around us. And that's exactly the same algorithms that AI uses. Mm. And so, However, because of the, the consciousness of each human and animal create creativeness is something so unique to where it can be completely unpredictable. So that is creativity. That's amazing. It's, it's way larger than what we are learning is creativity when we're in school and we have to draw uh, something with the tree and the house and right. <laughs> and so so right. we we've learned that creativity is like to be an artist to be like something in in that area and i feel like i've always felt like it was actually something way bigger and i love how you explained it because it just covers it very well you know yes yeah, it's definitely more than what we were told it is. And, it, and it's utilized in so many various ways, can be utilized in so many various ways. Yeah. All right. The other term we wanted to uh, touch on today was to the rewiring of the brain. Yes, the rewiring of the brain. Um, this The technical... The technical term is called neuroplasticity. And what that means is that it's a change in the neurochemical coding and connection within the nervous system. It's not just the brain, but within the entire nervous system. Mm -hmm. And this is done simply by thinking or doing something different. So this can be anything from changing your routine, such as taking a different route to work or to the grocery store, um, or even just learning something new, such as um, learning to uh, brush your teeth with the opposite hand that you normally are used <laughs> to brushing your teeth with. So anytime uh, we do something 
that is different from our regular routine um, or learn something new, we are re rewiring or what I think is a more accurate term. We are recoding the nervous system. Hmm. And so I, I believe that recoding the nervous system is a much better uh, accurate term because of the purpose of the nervous system and the process that it goes through to hmm. make these changes. So we have to keep in mind that the nervous system is a self-directed intelligent organism. And what that means is that it, it can it can function on its own. It doesn't need our help to function and to, it knows what it needs to do without our help. Um, so it is an intelligent organism and it is comprised of two organs, the neurons and the brain. And, and um, it helps connect the brain to the entire rest of the body, all the other organs. And so the other thing about the nervous system is that it is it is a very efficient and intelligent communication system. And so our entire biological system's purpose or existence and even uh, growth depends on reciprocated communication. And so what I mean by what I mean by reciprocated communication is that um, we experience um, this on a a conscious level between society. Um, so for instance, if we are to send a text message to someone, mm -hmm. when we, the purpose of sending a message is to receive a response back. Um, if we don't receive a response back in most cases, um, you will start to go through a thought process of, well, did my text go through? Or is there something wrong with my phone? Or, um, <laughs> you know, or maybe there's something wrong with their phone. And the longer we don't hear from them, whether it's in, in the text or in person or through email, if we don't get a response back, we then go down thought process of, um, are they mad at me? Um, are they okay? So the whole purpose of communicating is to receive a response back, a responsive interaction hmm. back from, uh, based on the message that you sent to them. And that's what the nervous system does. It communicates um, with other parts of the body and it, it, it has a need and a purpose to receive responsive interaction of communi chemical communication and messaging from various parts of the body. So it does communicate via chemicals. And so, hmm. um, when we think, when we think of doing, when we think or do something that is different, we, um, and when I say we, our consciousness becomes another party in that communication system. So hmm. now we have three part, three, three parties, uh, three members of the party. We have the, the nervous system, the body and the consciousness. And so um, the nerve. And so when the consciousness does step in and communicate, such as when we, when we, when we do something different, um, we are sending a message to the nervous system to allow us to manipulate the body and the brain. And it's this back and forth chemical communication that drives uh, the neurons to literally reach out to each other. They crawl and they stretch out to each other, whether it's localized on one part of the brain or it's across the brain or across, across the entire body. They, that communication, that chemical messaging is what drives the creation of pathways and the, the synaptic connection. And hmm. Or if the pathway is already there, it can um, that chemical communication can deepen that neural synaptic connection um, if it's already established. So 
Um, in addition, there are nervous systems within nervous systems in our body. So we have we have uh, proof that the gastrointestinal tract has a nervous system itself and the heart has a ner nervous system itself. And that's just what we know so far. Um, so I'm sure we're going to find out more the more research. Yeah. So there is reciprocated communication between different nervous systems and throughout the entire body. Hmm. And so um, a neural, um, neural recoding uh, within the nervous system is what is really occurring when we are rewiring the brain um, because we are recoding chemical, hmm. uh, we are recoding chemical reactions within the neurons. And, um, and this is to allow communication uh, between different chemical messages or to form different chemical messages. So that way you can carry out the different tasks that you are doing. Um, and so the more we practice um, a different action or activity, the faster the nervous system will learn the new chemical code. Hmm. And, and therefore, um, it will deepen the neural connection, which will result in quicker chemical reactions, which we will see, and it will manifest by becoming quicker and more accurate at that task that we're doing. Hmm. Um, and so we have the ability to recode our nervous system. And uh, in order to improve our overall well-being, we also have the ability to recode our nervous system in order to feel unfulfilled. We have hmm. the ability to do both. And, right. and so this is where I think creativity has a major yeah. impact on our well-being because it helps us um, regulate the nervous system. And um, I hope to go into that further today. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> this is just amazing um oh my god i have like so much stuff to do to, to say about it um i think i think it's just amazing how powerful we are in that when we see it that way you know as you said we can either choose to keep on doing something the same way and maybe getting that it, it to that place where we're feeling unfulfilled or we can tap in into that creativity and just like move forward and evolve and like change those um those those link in the brain you know and, and in the nervous the in the nervous system and so i feel like this is so amazing um the other point we wanted to define very like quickly was the term science because right now um i i kind of want to ask my listener to just stay open and um because science has um it has a deeper meaning that what we're um getting these days and so i just wanted to tap in just shortly into what science is so that people can actually just keep their mind open yeah. to what we're talking about today. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. So science is, is technically is supposed to be an unbiased systematic study of how the world works around us. Right. Um, it is not supposed to be dogmatic. Therefore, um, it's not supposed to be biased. If it's dogmatic, then it is biased. And um, science, uh, since the probably the 30s or the 40s, maybe even earlier than that, um, it has become more of a religion now where if a phenomenon has um, 
has been observed by someone and hasn't been proven in science yet, then it's completely dismissed. Yeah. And in reality, uh, the scientific method, the first step in the scientific method is to observe uh, in order to mm -hmm. hypothesize uh, what we're experiencing. So we have to observe first. And it's almost as if now, if it hasn't been proven, then our, our observations are shut down immediately. And um, when, um, so yeah, when, when it really, it should be an exploration, it should be unbiased, it should be open-minded, just like you said, and it should be creative as well. Yes. Yes. Scientific people for me, there's, they're in my mind, they're very creative people, very open-minded, very like trying to understand deeper and like, you know, like always trying to dig deeper into like what it actually is. And so when we're talking about how many nervous system we have and, and the way you're saying that we're going to probably discover there's so many more, you know, and, yeah. and I think that science uh, needs to get back to that openness. Right. You know? Right. Uh, yeah. I think that's the, the main reason, um, why science has been so, um, why it's upset so many people. Many people are not, you know, they are not um, for the biases. We are already seeing that in the medical industry as right. far as um, there's something called fat biases where hmm. um, where many doctors um, are training their students to perceive uh, their clients and their patients as fat and lazy. And that's not the case. Um, and so um, there's, there's this arrogance that's established um, in the establishment. And when I say the establishment, I am talking about uh, the people at top, not the hardworking nurses, not the hardworking medics, um, or even the students. Um, mm -hmm. But there's, there's some control in the establishment that holds this arrogance that we've seen repeatedly throughout history when it comes to diagnosing and misdiagnosing. Um, for example, the deaf and the the um, deaf and mute they were once diagnosed as dumb um, because yeah. there was this arrogance uh, just because they couldn't explain it it was dismissed yes. and just labeled as dumb and yeah. that's not the case yeah it's funny how we actually know about that even right now we know that it has evolved mm -hmm. like it science medical system or anything it's not the same than it was like a hundred years ago but somehow like we are believing right now that it's not going to evolve more, which is way absurd. It's just yeah. absurd for me because of course it's going to keep on like evolving. We're all evolving every day. So right. that's right. Yes. That's right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so now that we're all on the same page with the creativity, what it means, rewiring or recoding the brain mm -hmm. and the open mind that we need to have regarding to science. Uh, we wanted to go a little deeper into um, education and how the creativity has an impact on kids. And as some of you may know, I'm an unschooling mother and education um, of the children is something very dear to my heart. And so uh, with Vilia, we were talking about that and we're like, oh yeah, let's jump into that subject because it's so important. They're the next generation in that revolution. They're very important and we need to support them no matter how 
it shows up. And so that's why we wanted to talk a little bit more about the brain, the creativity and uh, the impact that has that it has on on our kids and child development. Yes. Perfect. So um, so what I can what I can see is that uh, just based on how the nervous system works and how society, how um, how the child development works, it goes back to that reciprocated communication. Um, so just like the nervous system lives and, and 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 desires and has this need to have communication with other parts of the body. Uh, so do children, uh, mm -hmm. and starting with infants, starting with uh, with uh, children who aren't even born yet. Right. So they have to uh, feel like someone is communicating back to them. Uh, in the psychological studies, this is called uh, serve and uh, serve and receive, I believe, serve and return. Sorry, um, it's called serve and return, and. Really, I, I think reciprocated communication is is much better because uh, as a better term because it can actually um, be uh, understood in the way we communicate, just like the text message example I just gave. Um, yeah. So, um, when children are are infants and they um, they are trying to communicate that they're hungry or that their diaper needs to be changed, all they can do is really. Um, pretty much just fidget um, uncontrollably and sometimes controllably, but most of the time is uncontrollably. And then they, they, they can vocalize. That's it. Um, that's all they can do. And so it's up to um, what establishes, what actually establishes the, the brain architecture um, for the child is that the, a caretaker or the parent is going to respond to them. So obviously we know, okay, when a baby cries, we need to feed them or we need to change their diaper. But when they're, when they're simply sitting there and they're just cooing, uh, right. And they're making vocal noises, they are being creative in trying to manipulate you to interact. <laughs> Yes. And um, and they and they are playing with that. Sometimes they don't have control, but they learn over and over again how to control it. What noises can I make? And yeah. then not only that, not only that, the parent ends up interacting. And this goes back to <laughs> eye contact, too. You know, if, right. I remember I just I remember like my little babies, you know, just doing like that. And then you just go ahead and do it with them. And they feel so like happy at that moment. You know, they're like, oh, yeah. Yes, you know, they're like, so I, yeah, they're like, I got you to do it. I got you. I got yeah. you. To do it. And so that is so important to um, that is so important to their well-being, including the architecture of their nerve uh, of their nervous system and the brain. And and so the reason why this is so important is because um, the nervous system, again, it needs whether it's their their visual uh, or their auditory, their entire biological system needs to see that someone is interacting with them and is going to interact with them, even if it's playfulness. Yes. It's not just about the medical needs either. You know, it's it's all works together. Um, so, um, so when when children are um, when 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 the baby becomes a little bit older and they're able to point this is this is always really fun because when sometimes they will point at something and they're not pointing at anything but they're just trying to get you to look and when mm -hmm. you look 
and you just play along with them. That as well, um, what that communicates uh, to them is that you are worth me being conscious to. Yes. You are worth me uh, playing, be, being conscious to you, turning around and playing with you and acknowledging you and acknowledging that you're pointing, even though, you know, I'm not going to dismiss it. I'm not going to say that it's, you're not pointing at anything. I'm going to pay attention to you and I'm going to play along. So this yeah. builds the child's confidence. This builds their self-esteem. This builds their self-worth in existing. Yeah. And so it's that, it's that reciprocated communication. And it's through creativity that they are getting you to do that with. Yeah, definitely. And and I can I can speak on the experience of that. And I remember my kids doing those things. And me, like for me, when I was uh, a young mother, when I was younger, <laughs> um, it was all about intuition. And so um, I, I was always super creative. And so when I was a young mother, I never opened the book. I never looked on the internet how to do it, um, how to feed them, how to, you know, like whatever. I was just like always super in tune with my intuition. And so um, it, it was natural to me to look at what they were pointing or uh, just like say those sounds with them or just like touch them or be in communication with them. It was very natural and instinctive you know right. and and i can see how um they are so confident and I, i'm not saying it especially because of that but it's all of those little moments where i'm actually act acknowledging their the way they're communicating or the way they're learning and right. and i can see how confident they are like and even sometimes it's confronting for me because I wasn't raised like that. And sometimes I'm, I'm still having those, those part of myself where I'm not in that super strong, confident uh, mm -hmm. self. Right. And so when my kids are in that self-confidence that they've created yeah. because I was creating something with them right. <laughs> and they don't have the baggage that I have. And sometimes they are so confident and they were just going to tell me, you know, how it is, you yeah. know? And I'm like, all right that that's right yeah yeah we created that together i remember all right let's go <laughs> that's awesome oh my gosh i love that i love that <laughs> and and it does build their confidence and and what confidence is is actually it's a um it's an emotional component and what i mean mm -hmm. by that is that multiple emotions make it up um so everything we do is driven by emotions every most behaviors we have has an underlying emotion below it um and so when we turn around and communicate, um, bring them into consciousness, bring their yes. the fact that they want to interact, that they have a desire to interact, or that they have a desire to be creative in a different way. Um, when we do that, we are turning around and we're energetically communicating to them that you and your desires are worthy of me looking at, being yes. conscious to, and honoring. Yes. And so that's what builds our overall well-being is and happiness and fulfillment yes. 
is being conscious to being, you know, being acknowledged, whether it's, you know, for children, it has to be, it has to be their caretaker, but that even goes into adults, which I hope we can talk about later. Oh yeah, we will. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> for sure. I love that. I mean, the other thing that I, I'm observing is the more that I've, I've done that as much as I've done that in the past by by me doing that and like acknowledging their, their ways of communicating, um, it teaches them how to do the same for themselves. That's right. That's All right. right. So it creates something for them, you know, as they're learning how to acknowledge themselves. And so that builds the confidence as well. You know, it just has that ripple effect of like, I'm, I'm, doing something from creativity that is inspiring for them and by respecting who they are and they're all like super different. And I can speak about my, both my daughters. Um, I have one that is very much like in the intellectual world and she was even when she was younger and my other is more into the physical, like stunt woman kind of person. And so when she, my youngest daughter, when she was very young, the way she was communicating was very physical. All right. And mm -hmm. so if she didn't want to have someone to approach, approach them, uh, approach her, she was like very clear on like, this is not going to happen. Even she was like three months old. It was very like strong. No. Right. Yeah. And me as a mother, it was like my role to respect that to not push her, to not like push her to interact with someone that doesn't feel right for her, even though she's only three months old. That's right. It doesn't matter. It's like you were saying, they're pointing at something and even though you don't see it, mm -hmm. if you acknowledge that, it's going to build them uh, the confidence they need to thrive in their lives. And so I can see that even right now, like she, she's like, if she doesn't want someone in her field, like she's going to be very strong about it. And it's like so strong, maybe because we actually nurture that, that like she has, like, she can protect herself. Like She's like, no one will enter, you know, <laughs> it's just like, we can see, okay, you're not in the mood. That's all right. You know, yeah. like. That, with your emotion and we're going to come back later. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that is so important. That is so important. And I, I think that's amazing that you said that that happened at three months old. Yeah. Because, because the, the, the child development mm -hmm. literature says that we don't really establish our autonomy. The children don't establish mm -hmm. their autonomy until they are uh, three, you know, somewhere between two and three years old. And um, I think that's amazing that if we give our, our children the opportunity um, and show them earlier that you're not just a child. You're not just something I tell you what to do. You know, you're not just something that I ignore you when I'm doing adult things. Um, you are a, a human living being and you are absolutely worth my full and undivided attention. Yes. Um, no matter what it is and that I respect whatever your desires and emotions are. Um, that is what will probably accelerate uh, the, the development of a child. And yeah, that's what I think too. That's yeah. what I've observed anyway, you know, because I was, um, so for my listener, I was always working uh, with kids since I was like in my twenties, even when I was 12, like I was babysitting, you know? <laughs> so yeah. and I, I always uh, was in contact with kids and I can see now as a mother that when we're acknowledging 
who they are, no matter what it is, it's gonna like, I don't know, like sh propel them. Like it's gonna shoot them into something they truly are. And all the science, which I've learned as well in my studies, like I was in special eds and in psychosociology. So I've seen the children uh, development um, psychology. Um, and, and now that I'm a mother, like most of those things are like made like very vague guideline. Yeah. Right. Yes. And so since they're all different and when we just like encourage them to develop that, um, those guidelines are very like blurry, you know, because yeah. it's, they're really not the same. My youngest daughter, she was like climbing the stairs and she was like five months old. Wow. So, you know, yeah. like, and she still climbs everywhere. Right. Right. <laughs> so she, it, it's in her gene, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's like in her interest anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. And my other daughter, she was always like very calm, sitting down with her dolls and creating universe, you know, like very mentally, like, like this doll she came with this dress and she's gonna keep that dress right you know like she was right. like it was very pragmatic the way she was playing okay right. so it was and she's still like this to this day yeah. so she her games have evolved right but she's playing exactly <laughs> the same way and so awesome. <laughs> so she's like pushing it forward and she's like evolving and expanding but she keeps her ground into yeah. like what makes sense for her. Yeah. And so, so I, I'm really like, it's fascinating how those, um, what we've learned in school regarding this the children development, mm -hmm. it's, it can be true. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. also, not it true. can also not be true. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's not, it, it's, it's not to be taken as a matter of fact. You're right. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's a guideline. It's not set in stone. Yes. It's, it's just not a guideline. Stone. That's right. And, and I think that's, that's interesting because, um, I mean, there's a lot that you said that's interesting and that, uh, you know, the fact that the fact that we're, the fact that you're turning around and acknowledging their desires, their creativity, their, their need to crawl the stairs when they want to, that just shows how much you respect them as a living being. Yes. To, and, and that right there is what supports their growth. And so I just think that's amazing. And that does, they will model that for themselves because they, they already model everything we do. Yes. And me coming, me coming from a, a family where I had uh, a father who uh, developed paranoid schizophrenia in, mm -hmm. you know, in front of me, I watched it develop over the course of 20 years. Um, that's not what I had, you know, that's, that's what I ended up modeling was his anxiety behaviors. And, um, and, and that's what caused a delay in my development. Yeah. And, and yet if we had that support as children, we're actually, we have infinite potential to where we could grow. We don't even understand it yet. We yes. don't even know. That's why we're doing studies on your on the nervous system still and on the brain, because we don't understand how it works. Um, and so if we provide the, the environmental support that they that they um, actually need, which is emotional, which is emotional attention, um, you know, it's, it's so funny because in the in the in the science of neglect um, and child abuse, they have 
uh, they have the main forms of abuse, and that's physical, sexual, and medical neglect. But every single one of those encompass emotional neglect, and mm. yet they don't have a category for emotional neglect. Yes. And so when we are um, attending to not only their physical needs, but also their emotional needs and being conscious to their desires, being conscious to their passions, their wondrous, their playfulness, um, we are emotionally supporting them. And so that's how they model that within themselves. So when they feel, when they feel, man, I don't feel like studying right now. I don't feel like learning this right now. I want to do, I want to go and move or I want to go and focus on this. Yeah. And we tell them, no, you need to sit down and, and study this. What happens is that they end up teaching themselves that, okay, my needs don't matter. Exactly. My needs don't matter. Therefore, therefore the nervous system will, will take, will, will end up understanding that getting an energetic message that um, basically I need to continue, continue sending stress chemicals because this is overwhelming yes. me and I'm not meeting my needs. Hmm. So I'm going to keep sending that, um, until the needs, until the desire, the passions are met, then the calm chem chemicals will come in. Yeah. That's where like, as parent, that's where like curiosity is such a great tool because when like, I can speak on my experience, but I remember Lately, it was like, I don't know, like three weeks ago or even like a month ago or something like very like it was it was it wasn't long ago. So my daughter wanted to learn how to knit. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, all right. So I know that I know how to knit. So I'm going to teach you how to knit. Right. And then I was coming from my box of like, I've learned this like that from my grandmother. Right. She told me this is how we knit. And right. so my daughter was like. Thank you, but I would rather learn it like this. And I was like, all right. <laughs> I had to take a moment and like, all right, that's right. She's she's right. She wants she wants to learn it in a certain way. So let's be curious about that. This let's be like open-minded to her needs, uh, to how she is wanting to learn that skill. And then she learned it really quickly and she started to knit in a way that was like her own ways. And I, I just like provided the base of mm -hmm. that, like, you know, the first, <laughs> how you yeah. do your, the first knot and the first like, you know, row. And, and then she was like, all right, let's, let's go in my way now. Yeah. And so she was just like evolving through this, this learning yeah. with her at her own pace, first of all. And she felt supported because I was, I was, I could have been, no, this is not the way we learn how to knit. This is right. the way we learn how to knit. You right. know, I could have been super closed up and not acknowledging the way she wants to learn it. Right. And so she would have like brought those chemical that is their, their stress chemical. Right. They're saying, I don't have the right to exist. I have yes. to go comply. I have to do it like she did. Like yeah. she says, you know, and, and wow. then like, it's like they're closing up. Yes. And, and, and I, yeah, I was go. Ahead. Oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say that because we were talking about child development a while ago. They talk about the, the autonomy stage, which happens around two years old. Right. And they, you know, the autonomy stage is very important as far as saying yes. uh, what I want to do. You know, it's, it, it defines uh, our own independence. It, it yes. strengthens our own independence and, and so we see that in children when it comes to being able to uh, 
be able to hold and release their bowel movements. And that's where it first manifests. Usually, mm. at least in the books, that's what they say. Yes. Um, that's a very, that's a very powerful, independent position to be in. And we will see this when we age and we lose the the ability, um, to, to do this on our own. Mm. Um, and, and we have to depend on someone else to help us. Um, it becomes very humbling. Um, it becomes very stressful for us. So having mm. these, the ability to say, no, I don't want to do it that way. And that be honored. I mean, that is that is just amazing. That is what will fulfill a person's life. And and not only that, you're not putting them in this box that they have to learn it a certain way. Exactly. And they can be that's where the creativity comes in and how they learn it and what they what what comes out of it. And that's where new innovations come from. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I can see that in both my daughters in a different way, because as I said, one is very much in the intellectual realm and the other one is more in the physical realm. And so but they're both um, they're both very creative. And and when we support that, I can see how they light up. It's just like they're just like, you know, oh, I have like I have the right to exist yeah. as I am. And so. It's just it's just amazing for me to to see them, to witness that, to be a part of this. And and it's all like experimental, I have to say. Right. Because as we were we were talking like this, this way of seeing the children's how they develop, it's it's kind of one track minded, you know, like and and as I was growing as a mother like tuning into my intuition i was like i'm i know i'm not doing it in the normal way but i have to trust that this is the way we need to go and to move forward in my family it doesn't matter what people think right. it doesn't matter like i have to trust that we're gonna be able to adjust yeah. to like reframe to create and when something doesn't feel right, it's always a matter of like saying it and creating something new. Yes. Yeah. So and that, to, to let that, that field open, it actually, from what I've understand talking with you, this kind of mindset will rewire their brain, mm -hmm. my brain, my husband's right. brain. So as we're always creating something new, like, oh, so we do the dishes this way. It doesn't feel very aligned and like people are getting cranky. So let's sit and let's create something new. Yes. Yeah. And that is that is experimentation. It's so true. Um, even, you know, even as as an experimenter, there there are there are these these rules that you have to follow to make it a true experiment. However, when it comes to psychological research, it is impossible, absolutely impossible to control all of the variables in the yeah. in psychological research unless you go into unethical grounds. Right. Um, and so um, when it comes to working with children, as I have worked with children as well, um, the one thing that 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 really, really helps and supports my own well-being to not get stressed out with them as well as their well-being and to, to follow my lead is um, be flexible in experimenting different ways. Yes. Um, being flexible. I mean, just for example, I remember 
I remember I felt I was feeling rushed to get one a child into a, a computer room um, and they were just not in the mood to really be as rushed as I was. <laughs> and they were trying to get my attention. They were like, miss, miss, this is a teenager. And he was like, miss, he was trying to tell me something uh, about a singer that he liked. And I just realized if I slow down and listen to him and stop and just give him full attention, that's all he needs. And I get, it took about five seconds and that's all yes. it needed. And then he followed me in. It's, you know, yes. it's not about making them do things. It's about respecting, no. respecting them and they will, it, it will become like a dance. Yes. Uh, like uh, an actual uh, um, responsive interaction, which is what reciprocated communication is. Yes. Yes. It's so true. I feel that too. I mean, the minute we, we acknowledge who they are and consider them as human. Right. That's right. That's <laughs> you know, like we have the tendency in the society to just like disregard their, the children's uh, thoughts, feelings, experience. They're just children, but right. it's not true. And the more we're doing that, yeah. the more we are like hurting them in a way. Right. And then Absolutely. the more they're, they're just like clenching down and like that they don't understand who they are. It feels wrong. They don't, they don't know how to get back in touch with themselves. And I can really talk about that because my stepdaughter, she was in the school system for so long and her mother and, and us, we have two very different ways of raising kids. And so she was raising a more like, don't cry. It's okay. Uh, you know, like it doesn't matter. Just eat your stuff and then you're going to have a dessert, you know, that kind of my mentality. And, and now that she's with us, she's like in a cultural shock. Yeah. Like, for real like she's like what first i have choices like what the hell am i gonna do with choices she she really like she's like freezed she she right. just doesn't know how to make a choice right she doesn't know who she is she doesn't know how to put some boundaries around her like my daughters were are gonna be like hey you want to come and play with this and then she, she doesn't know and she's like okay you know, and then she's going to go, but then it doesn't really feel right. And then she's going to get frustrated. And then like, she's just going to lash out. And then like, she feels very like foreign, you know, like she feels yeah. very like it, like, and it's a process. It's a, it's a really deep process for her to decondition those parts of herself. And, and she's like, she's 11. And so we're at that point where she's like, defining who she is more like the preteen years you know and and it's it's getting trickier than when like as i started this with my kids when they were born right so they were always like raised in that culture and so um rewiring this thing with my stepdaughter is a whole other game. It's something else, something new that I have to keep open to have like that curiosity um, and that compassion uh, for her and for us and right. for this like disconnect. Right. And and yeah, so that, that rewiring of the brain, I think it's very interesting that we can actually go there by changing um, our 
her habits, you know? Absolutely. And so what it sounds like is that since she came in this, from this environment that denied her, her opinion, denied her thoughts, denied her perspective. um, Now that she's in this one, you're absolutely right. It's like a cultural shock. And she really is probably freezing because she's overwhelmed with the, the, probably not the, just the fact that she has choices, but the amount of choices she has too. Right. And so this can be probably very overwhelming with, for her. So her, her, her nervous system is definitely um, her baseline as far as stress is, is definitely up higher than the other two girls that were, that were raised uh, from day one in this kind yeah. of environment. And, um, and so, yeah, it, it, it probably is going to take time. It's, it's very interesting. Um, I, it's just so interesting. I'm so happy that you're doing that for her because uh, I'm curious as to how quickly she's going to she's going to start to just run with it and just be yes. like, OK, I'm going to do this. I get to make my choices. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, that's that's and amazing. it's it's really a matter of choices, because at that age. She has to make that decision for herself. Yeah. And we were just talking about that yesterday. We were like on the porch and I was like, you know, if you want to go down the pool, like touch the bottom, like I have to let you, are you okay with that? Because I keep going back and trying to pull her out of the water, you know, and then like telling her, you got the choice. You don't have to stay there. Right. And then I'm just like pulling her out of there and like sitting with her and like trying to understand her. And I was yesterday, I was like, I I cannot do it like that. So are you okay if I'm actually letting you go to the end of that experience? I'm going to be there. And if you need something, I'll be there. But you got to step up and ask for it. And I'm going to let you go. And when you touch that bottom, when you're at the end of that pool, you just push yourself. You just like, you just like push yourself and, and, you're going to get your oxygen yeah. by yourself yeah. without me trying to always like pull you and get, get you to breathe, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> like, so it's all, it's always like um, a matter of keeping that openness, you know? Yeah. Yes. With so, everyone. <laughs> so yeah. It, when it comes to, when it comes to coming from, from, from a, from a, a routine, right? Her routine was, was you got to do it a certain way. You have to, you know, you have to be told you are not allowed to make decisions. So I'm going to make them for you. Right. So she becomes in an automatic process. Yes. Um, And this is something that many adults, including myself have, has been in and we have been conditioned to be in automatic processes. And what that means is that she is learning how to, rather than allowing the subconscious to communicate with the nervous system, which is what would normally happen in a place where she was told what to do, how to eat, how to dress, whatever it is, how to do a homework, how to, how to learn. Um, instead of the subconscious, subconscious communicating with the nervous system, now the consciousness is stepping in. Yes. And this is what this is what uh, what we are. This is the conscious is what holds who we are and all mm. of our desires and um, and our um, our ability to 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 grow. Um, and so she is now stepping into conscious processing by living in your home. 
Yes. Which, which is something that a lot of humans are, a lot of adults are stuck in. We're very yes. much stuck in the automatic processes where this is just the go, go, go. I need to get this done. I need to get this. I need to go, go to work. I need to pay my bills. I need to go home and cook. And we don't sit down to take time out to be creative or find peace. Yes. Um, or find relaxation, find playfulness. Yes. Um, and when we don't allow that, then our stress levels remain at a high baseline, a higher mm. baseline than what it actually needs to be. And we can bring that baseline down by learning how to be creative, learning how to relax outside of drinking, outside of watching, you know, sitting on, in front of the TV and scrolling through our phones, because that actually overstimulates the nervous system even more. Yes. Um, and so we don't, we, including myself, because I grew up in a very um, dysfunctional home, I am right now, even at 42 years old, trying to learn how to be playful, how to be creative. I'm still yeah. learning this. And yeah. it's not easy. And it, it's, it's more about learning how to let go of what's familiar, which is what is safe for us. Yeah. Um, so I have known that stress, stress, stress is very familiar to me. Mm. And that has been developed into a safety net, pretty yes. much. And now I'm just learning to let go. And it's that uncertainty not having any judgment, letting go yeah. of the outcome yeah. and just being okay with whatever the outcome is and not having judgment or rejection. That's where we can go more into that openness and that creativity and find fulfillment. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I was exactly saying that. Well, in my words with my stepdaughter yesterday, and I was like, I was just telling her, you know, it's all right if you need to go really deep into like what feels yucky or like it feels wrong or you know like you want to watch tv for like three months go ahead do that you know do yeah. that until like you you want to throw up yes so, you know <laughs> like you really don't like it anymore right yeah and 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 she was like how are you so accepting how are you so able to accept that I can actually go there. And I was like, because I trust that there's going to be a moment where you're going to wake up and see the world differently. And if you don't, I'm going to still love you. It's going to be okay, right? It, it doesn't really matter the outcome. Right. It, you just got to go ahead and experience that for yourself. That's right. And so she was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what but to have someone to support you even right. in those moments that are so harsh yeah. right yeah to have someone and that emotional neglect that you were talking earlier it's mm -hmm. it's a big deal I think it's a big deal in our brain development you know because yeah. and it's kind of sad that it's overlooked because it has a really like I've always felt like I was neglected, but yeah. my parents are like, why? Like you were always like under my roof. You had like clothes, you had food, you had like mm -hmm. friends, you, you had everything. And right. I was like, I didn't have the emotional support. And I was always like, you know, like the person that everybody is comparing to like to not to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, so I was, uh, 
that thing just was so harsh for me to go through every day that it's exactly how you say it. It's just like you go through something every day and it becomes your reality. It becomes your safety net. It becomes so I, I like throughout my high school years, I was always rejecting myself from any groups because this is what I've learned. Like my emotion, the way I was, it wasn't allowed, it wasn't respected, it wasn't acknowledged. Mm -hmm. So I was always rejecting myself and I had no friends and I was like, always like in the corner by myself, you know, like, eh. yeah. And, and it was, it was very painful until that moment where I actually chose to not do that anymore. And it wow. was like a one, like it was, um, triggered by my mother's death and we didn't have a really good relationship. And for me, that moment felt like I was free and, and I was like, all right, so I don't, I don't have to go there anymore. I don't like, you cannot reject me anymore. Mm -hmm. You cannot like not acknowledge who I am. And so I'm going to just do what I want and just go there, you know, go into that pool and go really deep, as deep as I need and trust that I'm going to come back stronger, wiser, different, more creative. And it's going to be, that's it. You know, like that, I, I just, it was, it was a moment of empowerment. And I, like, if you ask people around me, they wouldn't say that I was in my power at all because I was doing all kinds of things that are considered wrong, but I needed to do them because I needed to rewire that stuff. And you're not always going to do that in, in the most glorious way, <laughs> but right. it doesn't really matter. <laughs> that's right. No, that's absolutely right. I think that's so important. Um, I, when it comes to emotional neglect, um, it's so it's so interesting that it is overlooked when it's it's a component that's in every single one of uh, every single one of form of abuse, even in adult abuse, you're emotionally yes. neglecting them, um, and and it, it's so interesting that um, you know even with the reciprocated communication, you could have reciprocated communication with an infant with a toddler and yet still emotionally neglect them. Yeah, um, by because of conforming to societal rules. And, you know, the way I grew up, um, I grew up with um, I grew up watching adults looking at me as if I was less than because I was a child and right. I wasn't allowed to be in adult conversations or hmm. wherever adult conversations were having as if you were talking about something inappropriate all the time. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> And so, and so um, it, it was interesting that even, even the most, I, I ended up being exposed to a lot of heroin addicts. A lot of my friends had heroin addicts as parents really? and, and I would go into their homes and I would see all the, the, um, the drugs and para paraphilia lying around, but I didn't understand what was going on. Um, and they told my friends would even tell me, oh, they're doing heroin. And I'm like, okay. Um, and what was amazing, what was amazing is that they, those parents that were heroin addicts, not all of them, but most of them actually acknowledged me as a child and, and mm. would say, would say, hi, hi, Velia, you know, how, how are you doing? They mm. would ask me how I was doing. They would ask me how school was going. Mm. And, compared to a sober parent, I met so many sober parents that wouldn't even acknowledge my existence. 
Yeah. Um, and so it doesn't, it doesn't really matter how, um, it doesn't matter that the, the child has the shelter, that the child, uh, I don't want to say it doesn't matter because it does to an, to a degree. To an extent. But, yeah. To an extent. Right. But you can have emotional neglect in the most, uh, in the most perfect environment as far as, uh, physical needs being met, medical needs being met, um, having the best schooling, having yeah. uh, having the funds, whatever it is, having two parents, you can still have emotional neglect. Yes, uh, within the home. So I yeah, think that's interesting. And that's it, and it very really, interesting. Yeah, and it really boils down to let's to to uh, unschooling. I like how you said it. You said one one time, I have to unschool myself. Yes. We have to be unschooled or, um, you know, uh, recoded within our nervous system on how to perceive what is going on in this world. Yeah. As far as what our kids are doing. You know, we create these rules, these societal rules that they have to do. They have to go to school. They have to learn a certain thing by a certain age. Um, which isn't true. It, it just isn't true. They, they all, every single one of us as adults, even as children, we just want inner peace. We just want yeah. peace of mind and we want yeah. to feel good. That is what our nervous system strives for, to feel good yeah. and to feel relaxed and accepted and loved so we can be loving back to others. Yes. And, and, and the truth is, is that when, when I, when, you know, when I go into, when, as a child, when I went into to these heroin addict homes and I went into these very religious people's homes that didn't even acknowledge me yet were sober, um, it, they didn't know how they were emotionally like neglecting themselves. Yeah. And they didn't know how, because they were emotionally neglected by their, by their parents. Yeah. That's like the circle, the cycle, <laughs> the, cycle the circle, you know, that keeps turning and turning and you just yeah. got to step outside of that that wheel yes yes <laughs> and that you're you're stepping outside that wheel with creativity i feel like if you're not in that creative state of mind you're never gonna step outside that wheel you know yes. and i remember when i was um when i was working in daycare and like the kids like at a very, very young age, like the routine was like set up, like you come in and you got like your side and we're going to go outside. And it was the same every day. And I was like, this is bringing them a false sense of security, mm -hmm. you know, because the minute something will shift, mm -hmm. they're going to be like, they, they want to understand what's going on. Right. And so I feel like, the whole thing with the school system and and I'm not like I used to be very angry at the school system and now I'm I'm more like try like I'm not I'm not angry anymore but I see that stuff in that system needs to be uh different yeah right and then uh, that that routine you know that every day is the same and that you're conditioning yourself as a kid because well there it feels like they don't have a choice it yeah. feels like they don't have the choice and and if you let them know that they have the choice it's just like it brings back their creativity and right. i've seen that because my daughter my oldest daughter was actually going to school she went for two months when she was in second grade because she wanted to see for herself if I was telling the truth about this the school system. And I was like, all right, let's go. 
you know? <laughs> and so she went, she went for two months. And after two months, she was like, yeah, this is depressing. Like, uh, I'm, I'm very sad suddenly. We're doing the same thing every day. It was kind of exciting at the beginning, but after two months, it's like, so what? You know, it's always the same thing. We're always like coming in at the same time and doing the same thing and having our snack at the same time and like being silent. And, and she was like, you know, I'm done with it. And so we went into the school, in the classroom, to explain because the, the teachers somehow ask us like if we were open to say goodbye to the classmates and I was like all right and my my daughter was like I'm kind of shy to do it by myself can you do it can you come with me and I was like all right so we went in front of the class <laughs> and we told those kids that Liana's gonna step outside this the school system and that she was never really into that school system but she wanted to try it out and she did for two months and now she wants to go back to unschooling and you saw the, those kids were like <laughs> yeah. she's she's not gonna go to school anymore like we can actually do that and then like it's just like everyone was like raising their hand can, can she do that is she going to be able to do that? And I was like, yes, yes, yes. And and if I wasn't going to school, could, could I just play video game all day? Yes. What? You know, it was like a whole thing, like chaos. And the teacher were like, oh, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> Why did I say yes to that? And then. That was so funny. <laughs> At daycare, it was chaos throughout the day. Like it was in the morning and the whole day was like chaos. And like people like at the end of our presentation, the whole, the whole classroom just like gathered around Luyana and she, they were like, oh, we're going to miss you. It was so fun to meet you. And they were giving her their phone numbers. And, and later on the, like this week, I just like crossed path with uh, the educator uh, in, in the street randomly. And she was like, you guys created such chaos in the school. <laughs> and like, no one wanted to come into school anymore. And oh they were all like playing and not respecting the rules. And, and they were wanting to be unschooled. And I was like, <laughs> funny. Oh, my yeah, they're wonderful. <laughs> like that kids, you just gotta let them open those doors and they're going to get that creative part super quickly. You know, like they're going to get it like super quickly. And, and it was like, um, I don't know. It was like a wave of like, you know, creativity. And like, I, I, I will remember that moment for my whole life for sure. Man, the, those, those kids were like so beautiful and like light up. And, and it was just like so cute to see them all like understanding that they didn't have to, that they were not, that there was, another option another option That's yeah another way of living yeah and and you know i think i think the fear of that because of the conditioning that we have the fear comes yeah. in that well then what kind of child are they going to grow up to be if they're playing video games all day but the truth is is that if we if we teach our children how to acknowledge their emotions by us acknowledging them and their emotions and their desires and passions eventually after playing games for three to six months on and on they will feel unfulfilled 
Yes. Unless, unless there's something else coming out of that. Yes. Um, exactly. so, because there are connections that are made in games. Now you can play with in, in gaming. Uh, you can play with people across the world. You can make yes. friends. You can even yes. make money off of it. Yeah. Um, so they will feel unfulfilled because they already know how to turn around and listen to their own passions. Exactly. Um, eventually they will get another spark of, I don't feel like doing this anymore. I want to exactly. go do this. Exactly. And you got to trust that they will. Be, I, I've seen it. I've seen it so many times. So by now, I'm just like, I'm just riding those waves. And even though sometimes I may feel a little worry <laughs> because it will come back. I'm still like, I was still brought up in that system and I was still like conditioned to think a certain way. And sometimes I can see it coming back. But my kids are always showing me that this is possible. You know, like my oldest daughter is playing to, uh, with a video game. And I was very triggered by that game. And I was like, I feel like it's like a casino. And I feel like, but somehow the more she plays, the more she's talking about like statistics and like the analytics and, and how that... Like she's got all those. I don't even understand. Like this is my brain doesn't work like that. All right. right. <laughs> but the way she speaks about that game now, she's got like she's got like strategies and like, you know, she's going to invest in those and do that and like build this one. And then like, you know, I, I'm not understanding all of it, mm -hmm. but I can see that um, it's very different from the beginning when it started. If she didn't understand really well that game and it felt like she was addicted to you know like always having the next character and like she was always like and she felt very overwhelmed when she was like losing at that game mm -hmm. and it, it was a very big trigger for me and then we we talked about it and then we regulated her, her time on that game and so that she can have like time to process and now that she understands that game very well, she's like, oh, my God. It's like talking with someone that does mathematics all the time. And I'm like in that more creative and emotional state. And I'm like, I'm not understanding everything you're saying, <laughs> but I can see you're very passionate about it. And you find something that is fulfilling yourself. Right. And That's I can get behind that. Even though I don't understand mentally everything about the game, I know that she is like, I don't know, like for me, like my my intuition, what it says, it's like she might be able to to be like those kind of people that invest like yeah. a lot of money and like that understand like the risk and the statistics and, and those kind of stuff. Like she understands everything. And I'm like super overwhelmed by all the information that she's giving me. She's learning something. I mean, she's exactly. learning a lot. And and you know, it's interesting that um, it's interesting because I, I remember I remember uh, when I was working with with abused children, um, a lot of them like I had I was in charge of a computer room and they didn't know how to read and they were already 15. Yeah, um, they didn't know how to read. And for me, it was just like, I don't I just ended up telling them, why don't you pull out a song that you like? Um, 
and uh, most of the songs were inappropriate. And so I was just like, just pull out one that's not too inappropriate, okay? <laughs> and uh, pull out one and start reading the lyrics. That's yes. it. If you know the song, just start reading the lyrics. And they loved that. They loved just the option of being able to learn in a different way that they're being taught at school. Yeah. Um, and it's it's like it's just so interesting. It's like, as long as they, they enjoy learning, will they actually retain more information? And, and as long as they enjoy what they're learning and how they're learning it, will their stress levels be down, which then works with how much information they're going to retain. Yes. And, and then as long as they enjoy learning, will they be able to create different ways and different ideas on what else to learn or how to learn it and, and how to do it. Yeah. So, and so that, yeah, I think that's just, that's just awesome. That's such a great example as far as, um, you know, working with your triggers and, and, and your unschooling with your, with, you know, with your daughter's gaming, um, there's a lot to be learned in gaming and, um, and yes, it's, it's true. It's like, for me, I would, I would probably be the same as you. I would be worried. Is she going to get addicted to it? But look at what's really happening around us. We have kids with phones that are addicted to social media. Why is that acceptable? And this isn't. Yes. Yes, exactly. And, and I really want to touch also on the, um, on how as an adult, because as kids, like we, we, I, I can see, like, I, I know that when the, the kid is like supported and acknowledged mm-hmm. in the way they are, it will bring out something very great into, in them and then in the world, because they're going to bring that forward into the world. Mm-hmm. And as adult, I feel like, it's sometimes a little harder. And so, because maybe we were more used to those, those old ways of doing stuff. Like sometimes I will do my morning routine and I'm not even like present because I'm just doing that same thing every morning, you know? And, and like that, there's like that one part, like when I'm doing my drinks in the morning, that is always the same. And then after that, I'm going to go work out and then I'm going to go meditate. And that's different every day. But I can see that just this little part of my day, I can do it like my eyes closed. You know, I, it's I'm not even like present for that moment. I'm still like, you know, a little sleepy. Um, and I remember being in the system when I was in school doing the same thing every day. And for the most part, I don't even remember. Like, it's just like, it's so the same every day. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I don't remember it. And so if I don't remember it, it feels like I wasn't really creative. Right. Because if I was creative, I would remember that because it's, it has like um, a feel to it, right? When you're creative, when you're right. creating something, like you will remember that you've created that it came from you. Yes, and 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 so in order to be creative, we have to be conscious, and right. so that comes back to so that and being conscious is being present. Yeah, um, and so that goes back to that reciprocated communication between the conscious, the nervous system, and the body. Is the conscious being present or is the subconscious? communicating yes. to the nervous system. So when we're in automatic processes where we are not present and we're doing, we're stuck in this, the same routine, then, um, 
automatic when we are on when when we are in automatic processes the subconscious is what's communicating to the nervous system hmm. and because the conscious is not participating in that part in that communication system the nervous system is not relaxed the the nervous system can only become relaxed when the conscious steps in and starts communicating Hmm. Um, and that's when we use creativity. Um, that's when, uh, so yeah, we have to be conscious to be creative and, and that's the only way we can find inner peace is by being present. Hmm. And so creativity really, really helps out with finding inner peace and finding emotional balance and, um, and, and, uh, and, um, you know, as well as affecting our overall well-being and, right. and providing a, a very well overall well-being, whereas, Adults are just in constant automatic processes. That's where we live the majority of the time. And that's where, you know, that's why mindfulness is becoming so important and meditation is becoming so important because we know how much this affects the nervous system. We know that this is what's deteriorating us. And right. that is that is the only way to inner peace. And creativity helps with finding inner peace because playfulness is in there. Curiosity is in there. The let the letting go of stress and the outcome, the letting go mm -hmm. of it having to be perfect mm -hmm. is, is, is there. And so we can let that go. We reduce the stress. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing because we're, we're so conditioned to that do, do, do being perfect, you know, like Right. paying the bills like you said earlier and like you know going to work and that it's just like it piles up and then you find it really hard to just like do something else and and it feels like you have you're putting so much effort in doing those things going to work go you know those things that are not like necessarily creative and that you're doing every day and you're putting so much effort into that that when you're done doing those things, yeah, you're so tired. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and watch some Netflix, you know, because I'm, I'm just like so tired. But when you're doing that, I feel like you're, you're kind of killing yourself. <laughs> yeah. You in a way. Are. You absolutely are. You're well. And so we can think of this in different levels. Not only are you killing the nervous system, mm -hmm. uh, you're deteriorating it because it's not growing. Yeah. Um, it, its main purpose is to communicate with the consciousness. And that's the only way it can grow when it's communicating with the subconscious. It's not growing. It's being, it's, it's being stunted. And not only that, we're not growing our own emotional well-being, which turn, which, which involves turning around and communicating with our emotions, yes. you know, whether it's uncomfortable or comfortable, uncomfortable or comfortable emotions. It doesn't matter if you feel judgment towards yourself because you're trying something new and you're afraid about how you're going to look or what people are going to say that emotion of judgment uh it's actually an emotional component but that emotion emotion needs to be turned around and okay i hear you you're you're feeling judged and and i want to respect that um and i i just want to acknowledge you and that's how it becomes processed is by acknowledging yeah. it being conscious to it um and even our comfortable emotions if i have i have which I do, I always have desires to dance. And that's what I do is I dance. Um, when I have the desire to dance and I acknowledge it, I feel fulfilled. I feel yeah. like I did something that day that I wanted and I, and I broke that 
pattern of routine of just doing um, and gave myself the opportunity to dance regardless yeah. of what anyone thinks of me, even if I'm in public. And, and so that's where the reduction of stress and finding inner peace comes from. It really does. When we don't allow it, we are deteriorating the nerves, the nervous system, the brain, the body, and our own overall well-being and our self-worth and uh, worthiness of existing. Yeah. And the more you want to feel comfortable, the more you're activating this instead of building something that will like support you. And so I feel like, well, what I've noticed is um, I used to work with elder uh, elder people, elderly, and um, I remember they were, it they were very, very much attached to uh, their routine because it was like that since forever. Yeah. And, and I could see that there were some of them that were like stepping outside of that. And they were so fun to talk with. They were like so open to something else. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you're living your life, your whole life in a certain way, it feels too heavy to do something different. It yeah. feels like it was so heavy for them to just like step outside this comfort zone. Um, and so I, I've always felt like super sad about that. But it made me realize how much it was important to keep that creative side alive. Yes. You know? Yes. That creative side in the in the way we were talking at the beginning, not like painting, because I used to paint a lot and I used to dance a lot and I used to do all those things. And and parts of me thought that it was the way creativity worked. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm older and wiser, I'm realizing how how it is not just that. Right. And, and that by acknowledging our desire, whether it's to create something like a painting or to just sit your ass down and read a book that you really like to read and you're just like pushing, pushing it away all the time and not like acknowledging you just want to spend an hour in your day reading that book. That's mm -hmm. creative for me like that. That's you stepping up for what you're really wanting to do. You know, you're following that inspired action. And I don't know, I feel like following that inspired action could be, and you can confirm that, but could be a way as an adult to rewire, to recode our nervous system. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think when we, when we break the patterns, even if it's just little, little bits, when we break the patterns of our routine, we can start stepping into a conscious and into mm -hmm. our conscious and, and, and actually following what we truly want to do. And um, you mentioned something and I, I wanted to talk on that and I forgot what it is. Hopefully I'll remember. Um, but we are definitely, we are definitely rewiring, recoding the nervous system. If, if as adults, we allow ourselves to, to be creative, even when it comes to reading a book, I, when you were saying that, I was thinking it's almost like creativity is is something is is not necessarily about creating something tangible or non tangible either. Because like, I had said that in the beginning, it's almost like just creating an experience. That's yes. it. You could just be creating an experience. That's 
where that's what's unique about the consciousness um, mm. is that we have the ability to create different experiences and it yes. could just be um, it could just be a weird, a, a goofy movement for a second. And that's it. As you're walking from, you know, your desk to the, to the bathroom, like yeah. that's all it needs to be. And that's it. That can actually release chemicals. It can release stuck chemicals. It can release other chemicals that bring in calmness and playfulness. Yeah. So that's all it really requires is just a simple movement or desire to make a sound or do something or yeah. even read a book or, you know, or, or whatever it is that you're desiring and have a passion to do. It could even be just giving yourself the opportunity to become conscious and present while you're drinking water. You are creating an experience. Yeah. Yeah. I feel it can be anything. And I related to what you're saying about like just walking. Like I, I can, I can see myself do that often. Like I would just walk and then pass uh, in front of one of my daughter and just do something that is crazy. Yes. That's, that doesn't, have meaning that's just like funny like yesterday i was i was singing a song a really stupid song that we used to listen when we were in high school and my youngest daughter was like what is that song and then i looked it up on the internet and i actually found it and we listened to that song that stupid song like it's just like so stupid and <laughs> we listened to that song four times in a row and we were like crying because it was so funny. We were laughing so loud and we slept so good that like yesterday yes. I was like, yeah, you know, that's, that's what it's about. That's so awesome. Yes. Yeah, so y'all created a moment of laughter, yes. a memory basically. Yes. And now um, it's a, it's going to be just a, a little wink, you know, like when either of us, feels down we can just like go like just say that that little yeah. sentence that little <laughs> stupid centers sentence in that in that song and then it's just going to spark something back right absolutely and just like get back in touch with that side of like being just silly and that's and that would be the recoding so you would have okay let's see if i can explain this you have you have a moment that you created using a song and now and because y'all laughed for so long, it made such an imprint, a code within your nervous system that now if you just repeat a, a sentence or, or even a word from that song, you already know, both know what that is. And it will probably automatically, those same chemical reactions will be elicited of laughter and just, yeah. giggle, you know, uh, a, a gigglesome. So yes. that would be the recoding is just from that simple experience. That's awesome. Yeah, just just thinking about that experience we had yesterday, I want to laugh mm -hmm. because yeah. it was just so stupid and funny. <laughs> I bet. I bet. It sounds amazing. It sounds so funny. <laughs> you know, and, and I feel like that's the blessing our kids are bringing into our lives because they're they can access that super quickly, right? They're, they're super good at just having fun, you know? My 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 youngest daughter is like my, she's such a gift for that. She will just like walk and just like see me and do, she does that little dance <laughs> and then she's just going to move on, you know? And it, it's just that. And that's I'm like, all, oh, this is so funny, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's all we need. Like, just having that could really uplift you throughout the day and regulate 
your nervous system back to homeostasis. And that's, that's all we want. We just want yes. to feel good and feel at peace. Yeah. And, and, and that's what we live for. And we cannot, we cannot get that by doing and constantly doing the same routine. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And it, it, that's very inspiring to hear because I've been trying to do that myself with my husband. It's like, if I walk by him, we do the same thing all the time. We just ask each other, how's it going? How's it going? <laughs> really, you know, maybe if I did something else, even if it's just a silly movement or a silly face. Yeah. That, that could that is what brings fulfillment to the relationship too, not only yes. to yourself, but to the relationship. Right. Yes. It can improve our relationship for sure. And and oh yeah. I mean, like we do that to my with my husband as well. Like he will do something very inappropriate <laughs> just to make me laugh. Yeah. And yeah. then we're just like, all right, let's play, you know? It's just silly. Right. It's just silly. And sometimes we can go like into deep conversation, like where we're changing the whole world. And then sometimes we're just going to just fart in front of each other and just laugh about it. You know? that's right. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And that that is truly beautiful. Like that's, that's what it's all about. That's, I mean, I, the way I look at it is that the only reason, you know, a lot of the reason why we have regrets, um, regrets and guilt and grief um, when we lose a family member is because mm. we weren't present enough. Yes. We weren't, we didn't, we, we didn't have a fulfilling relationship. And the only way to fulfill it is by being conscious and being yes. playful, yes. not, you know, not arguing, not stressing about how to pay the bills and how to live, uh, not sitting in front of the TV. That doesn't really allow you to create a memory with them. It's just creating a memory with the, with the TV or the screen. Yeah. Yes. But actually, uh, again, that reciprocated communication of interaction, even if it's just imaginative. Yes. Yes. I love that. And I feel like I just feel like this is such a big part of creating a revolution, because when we're accessing this creativity, that's where the changes are happening. And when the changes are happening, that's how we're shifting that like, even though we can see that the energy is shifting right now on the planet, even though we can observe that, we still have a part to play. We, we're not just passively observing that and magically it's going to show up and everything's going to be perfect and magical. And, right. and I feel like um, the way we're showing up in the world is going to make that shift. Yes. Not just going to be like, oh, it's a shift, you know, and, and we have to move forward into our better version, the better, better version of ourselves. And by getting in touch with that creativity, that's how that's one way, because I feel like there are so many ways, but this is one way to um, spark something, something new, something different. Mm -hmm. And and the more we're in touch with that creative side the more the more the shift is going to happen quicker i feel it's going to happen like I faster and like i feel like it's going to be a ripple effect of and so i feel like it's very 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 important to get back in touch with our creative side no matter how it looks how we were just saying like it can be very silly or it can be like super like a big project that you want to like you know, birth into the world. It doesn't matter how it shows up, right? But yeah, like it's it's one way to 
spark something. And when we're doing it, it's like when our with our kids, like when when I'm being there for them and understanding them and acknowledging them, it's it's creating something within them. And as adult, I feel like it's the same thing. If I'm moving forward and doing something that is very creative, very important for me, and that I'm bringing that forward, it's going to have that same effect on the people that I meet. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Like our kids, it's just like with our kids, we have this special bound, you know, like it's, I feel like it's happening quicker and faster with our kids because we're always together. Like they come from you. So you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of stuff. But when we meet other beings, adult beings, and they can acknowledge that you're doing something that is very creative, very out there, very you, very aligned. It's just like, oh, right. Yeah, that's amazing. I can ask, I can also do that. Right. I can also like be in that creative state. Look at, look at her, look at them, how they, they look, you know, it looks awesome. It looks fascinating it looks inspiring it looks whatever you want yes. to create. yes it can so you can create inspiration just by being creative within yourself and just being and showing up in the world that way yeah absolutely absolutely i i agree with you it sounds like there is a ripple effect to it um yeah and uh it's pretty amazing i think i think it's it's much more it's a bigger function that we have that is overlooked and yes we, i think we need to pay more attention to it yeah, we don't realize, like, we're all, we can understand, like, we, I, I, I often hear people saying that we're, we're powerful, right? Like, we're, we're powerful, but how, how it shows up and how can we actually touch that? Like, how can we make that tangible? Like, it's easy to say we're powerful. Right, right. But it's like, when you start to embody that. That's where the changes happen. It's not just by saying, oh, I'm powerful. Yes. Yeah. And as you said earlier, you're powerful either way, with like whether it's to destruct stuff or mm -hmm. to create stuff. So right. it's your choice. It's your pick. Yeah. Right? It's just like if you're telling yourself you're powerful and you're not creating stuff, well, you might as well just destroy stuff right you're, right. you're going to be powerful in that other sense yes in the other direction absolutely yeah that makes a lot of sense i love that i love that your kids are very lucky to have you, um, <laughs> you. absolutely lucky to have you like that is just amazing that must bring so much um so much love fulfillment joy and 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 just playfulness and openness and acceptance. And man, that is just something that I've, I've been fighting for, for 42 years to find. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and then finally we just, we just have to find it within ourselves, you know? Exactly. And so I, I just, I really love how your knowledge can actually support <laughs> what I'm doing, because as I said, I'm, I'm acting from intuition. So I don't, I'm not a scientific, I, I didn't know most of what you were saying before we were talking. It's kind of like, I kind of knew, but I couldn't say anything about it because I, I didn't have like the knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's, it's amazing to have you here right now and support with your knowledge my experience and i always say that 
whatever experience you encounter, uh, it's it's a way for you to learn something, you know, and and that every experience is an opportunity to grow and to evolve, and and that's that's part of the way I am creative. Mm -hmm. And thank you so much for supporting with your knowledge my intuition. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for bringing uh, a lot of insight too. Like, I think it's just amazing. Some of the, the, the stories that you, you shared, it is unbelievable. We, we have no idea the potential of children and their, their actual development and the human itself. We, we don't, we're not even close to understanding it. We I have know. so much to learn. And, um, and I'm just, I'm just amazed that you're doing this. And, um, and I think it's awesome. I think we're going to, you're going to see results that, um, that defy what we know about child development, I believe. So yeah, thank you so think, much for doing that. Thank you. <laughs> so what advice could we give to our listener to finish this podcast? What, what would be an advice you would give them regarding creativity, education, whatever your intuition is telling you to say? <laughs> Um, so I think I would say that it it really I think it's very important to to learn how to listen to the emotions, um, how to listen not not necessarily to the thoughts, but to the emotions that that are behind the thoughts. So I think it's I think it's very important to give yourself the opportunity to somehow get in touch with the energy of our emotions, whether it is through play, whether it is through creativity, whether it is through silliness, um, and uh, or whether it's through meditation or a combination of all of them. Um, we have to be able to break the thought patterns um, that we are stuck in and, and, and become conscious to how we truly feel. Hmm. And, um, and I think the, the quickest way to do that is by doing something different each day, um, each day, just even if it's just a second long and a, a silly expression, um, doing something different each day when you're, you know, walk, going to work or going to the grocery store or walking from your desk to the restroom, um, doing that will break a pattern. It doesn't necessarily have to be, I have to meditate for this long. I have to do it this way. I have to, um, you know, I have to do shadow work or anything like that. It doesn't necessarily have to start with that. I'm not saying that those won't help eventually and that they, they, and that they won't be helpful to incorporate them, but we can become overwhelmed from that to yes. the need, you know, the need to be the need to do it a certain way. So I would say just what I've learned from this podcast, it, it just sounds like it just sounds like taking advantage of allowing yourself to do something, something uh, spontaneous mm -hmm. uh, without judging it, whether it's alone or in front of other people, it doesn't matter. Allow yourself to do something each day. And I think we will get closer to breaking the thought patterns of being in automatic processes. And that will get us closer to um, releasing emotions of calmness and, um, and acceptance and or at least neutrality to where we can start 
listening mm. to what emotions and passions and desires we have. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Velia. That was amazing. Thank you so much. It was wonderful. <laughs> so wonderful to hear about your stories. Thank you so much. Thank you.